All right. Once again, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and joining me once again, my good friend Bob Kudla from Trade Genius Academy. Bob, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. How you doing? Awesome. Well, you know, I mean, I'm surviving. Things are a little crazy out here right now. Um, well, listen, b- before we get into the news, uh, tell us uh, just one more time what Trade Genius is and what you guys do over there. Yeah, so at Trade Genius, what we've done is we've created a couple very effective algorithms to help us trade the stock market and the crypto markets more effectively. And those algorithms really are around momentum and ranges. So we're able to determine that a stock is breaking out of a range or it's become oversold and it's looking ready to momentum, ready to shift higher again. And we look at money flow and we look at Fibonacci's that help set up those trades for us. And then our algorithm spits out watch lists for us then to share with our subscribers, which we do. In addition to that, we give you access to the algorithm that you can put on your own computer via trading view. And you can then start determining trades that you want to personally take on the time frame that you like to take them. And in addition to that, we have chat rooms that you can communicate like we're communicating with each other. Some of it's some of it's like um, voice and some of it's just chat. And so we give and then we also train you how to use the system. So we kind of give you the, the best of all worlds and we trade stocks, cryptos. And then we have a room that we trade options and futures in that um, that we run all day long, every day. Hence my voice come talking all day long, every day anymore. And then what we've done is we put together some uh, if you don't mind me doing a quick pitch here some uh, we put together some some bundles for people to be able to take advantage of what we offer 65% off if you want to trade stocks or cryptos with us with a bundle or training or you can pick and choose things out of the store and get 35% off use promo code spring take advantage of it by saturday actually it's easter now and it's 40% i think <laughs> i can't even keep up with my own business zach <laughs> that's fine no yeah. worries I, I, I work on making money for us, not the marketing side of it. So uh, I, I get it. I get it. Well, yes. so obviously all that information is in the description below. Check them out. And uh, thank you once again for being here. So I have two, spe- well, I guess maybe three specific stocks that I want to ask you about. And we'll go through them in detail in order. But first of all, Netflix. Netflix is cratering. They've gotten woke. They're going broke. I think they lost $42 billion in uh, in value in the last like 24 hours. Do you think there is a future for Netflix or have they completely shot themselves in the foot? Is this a good time to buy or should people be staying away? Oh, absolutely stay away. So, so um, Netflix is a story around a lot of different themes. So you have the theme around being woke, Disney's experiencing that right now with with Florida, uh, and 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 the blowback to the families on on their wokeism. But Netflix has a different problem. Number one is they don't make any money at all. They they're just a cash burning machine in an environment where interest rates are going higher. So they're going to have more and more difficult time servicing their debt or even getting money. And then the, the third thing is is that people are becoming. Uh, either broke or more cautious. So there's two people out there, right? There are the people who just simply can't afford it, where you have, like in England, two million people drop Netflix because they can't afford to even heat their homes. United States, it's a question of money. And it's also a question of I'm sick and tired of being woke at. And so, yeah, no, they, I, 
there, there's a really good chance that Netflix will be doing what's called a take under instead of a takeover. A takeover is when your price goes up. When you buy them, a take under is when you're in free fall and somebody's trying to buy the assets on the cheap, basically the royalties of the, um, the shows that they've already created. But just do not try to buy this falling knife. And it's not just them. There's Roku out there. There's Fubo out there. Anything that is what's called a non-essential service is going to be in a lot of trouble here until unless we get a balance between people people make and what things are costing, people are going to be shifting towards essential versus, um, you know, nice to have kind of stuff. Yeah. And obviously there's all kinds of free content out there that, that people can watch where they're not going to be preached to. They're, they're not going to be made to feel as if they have, uh, you know, the, the wrong political ideas or the wrong social uh, uh, mores, you know, all these things. And Netflix has been really horrible in the last couple of years, basically ever since the Obamas came on board. And they've had this just ultra liberal left wing woke agenda and people are tired of it. You know, I mean, when it's coming between food and, and gas for your car, you know, or sitting at home on the couch and, and plopping down for an eight hour binge session. You know, people are just saying absolutely not. I'm glad that you you feel that way about buying Netflix because I feel the same way. I think it's an absolute dead end and it's extremely dangerous. But I posted something about this earlier in my telegram. and I couldn't tell if somebody was being sarcastic or not, but they were right. asking if right now is a good time to get in. I was like, oh, I don't I don't think so. We'll see what Bob has to say later today. Uh, okay, so the other one I want to ask you about is Twitter. Uh, I think that maybe if you held Twitter previously, uh, you know, you could have gotten a big payout from Elon Musk here recently. He he uh, offered a premium of something like between 40 and 50 percent over what it was currently valued at in the market. And Twitter's board famously turned him down. Uh, so now there's going to be some other type of backroom maneuvering. Uh, but the the price is kind of in flux. And I'm just wondering what you think about Twitter as a stock. Yeah, so I I own 20 call contracts on Twitter. And uh, as soon as Musk started talking about Twitter, I'm like, oh, he's going for it. So we went ahead and at Trade Genius, we, we put out, actually, we have a trade on, right? Uh, buy area, we, we're stopped out at 44 if it gets below that. But this trade is far from being over. So let me let me explain. So um, Musk went out there and he, he announced that he bought 9.9% of the company. We don't know if he bought more because he doesn't have to declare his time between actual action and then actually reporting it. So he could have bought more. The second thing he did was he offered to buy for $54.20, hence the 420 jokes, uh, for what's called the un, un, non-registered shares. So that means those are shares that aren't held by like a broker on your behalf. Like when you're at Charles Schwab or something like that, unless you say, I want to hold the certificates, Schwab votes your shares, okay? And same with Vanguard, same with BlackRock. You know, so he's he's after people that have non-reg- non-registered shares, that you actually own, own the certs. So that's different than making an offer for the company. He went out there and he offered to buy those shares. That's what freaked the board out and threw the poison pill at him because they didn't want him to get control Without buying the company, he could have took enough control to, to basically change the board of directors and get what he wants that way. So they quickly put together a poison pill to keep him or anybody else getting more than 15 percent of the company without causing a big dilution effect. Now, all Trump, all Trump, all um, Musk has to do is is to uh, tender an offer. Say, I am now officially offering to buy 
um, Twitter for $54.20 or whatever the number is, then the board is required to take that to the shareholders within 10 days. Either they have to come back and say, we think it's inadequate, we think it's grossly inadequate, we like it, but we want this instead. And then then the shareholders get to vote on it. So shareholders aren't out of this yet. And and look, and Musk is he's not going to let this thing go. So Twitter is in the same camp as Netflix. So both these companies weren't designed to make money. They were designed to push forward agendas, right? Mm-hmm. Or protect or protect the uh, excuse me, <coughs> or to protect the um, um, the elites, right? So they've, they've been given money. And the thing about what's going on here is that these companies are large. So they can take advantage of the passive investing market cap weightings of these indexes. So just like Tesla, you know, Musk, the beneficiary, the same thing. The bigger your company is, the, the more your company goes up, whether or not you're a crappy company or not. If you have big market caps, your price goes up. Your price goes up. People don't sell it until things start to wiggle, like what happened in Netflix. And Netflix now is in a double whammy because they're a smaller company. They're not going to get the good guys. Well, Twitter it, it gets advantage of that, too, by being a larger company. But they're not designed to make money either because they haven't made money. <laughs> so, I mean, nor have they rewarded their shareholders. So must have put them in in a in the crosshairs. So now the board has to do something and they can be sued for fiduciary abandonment, right? You're not performing your duty to, to make sure that I, as a shareholder, make more money. And that's why DeSantis came out and said, hey, if you don't take an offer or this offer, your stock is 30% less than when he offered this. Right. You're not doing your fiduciary. So we're going to sue you if you don't fall through this or take a better offer from somebody else. So I think this whole thing with Twitter is not out. If you haven't bought any, and you want some YOLO calls or shares, you might want to just take a flyer on this because there's a really good chance this thing is going to go higher or maybe even much higher. And if it doesn't, it's going to implode. And then you could participate into a lawsuit. And, and I think then somebody else is going to buy them. You'll be able to YOLO another trade. So, so absolutely in play and, a whole other show we could talk about what this means because I think we've seen a big turning here. And, and, you know, I've always been pretty bullish that the left always overplays their hand. I don't even call these people the left. This is some pro- progressive m- monster that took over the left. I think a lot of leftists don't even like some of this stuff. They have different sets of problems, but not the problems that we've been faced with here. But I, there's a big turn happening, you know, Virginia election, this, COVID getting blown up, and now. Now, Musk coming in there and saying, you know, I'm going to neutralize your your biggest I'm going to most I'm going to neutralize your battleship called Twitter going into the next election season. So that's why they're freaking out over there in deep state land, because this was their tool. And Musk absolutely knows that. I mean, he even said, look, this is where elite opinions are formed and then pushed out to the masses. And if they lose that ability then, you know, the bloodbath that's coming, I think it's going to be a rout because they're not going to be able to just, you know, basically, uh, you know, pipe piper these people into the ocean. Well, and I think there's also the distinct possibility that there's a lot of illegal 
evidence, well, evidence of illegal activity, I should say, uh, that's probably being stored at Twitter, on Twitter servers, uh, probably internal communications, uh, the way that they behaved in the last election, the way that they've suppressed a lot of conservative candidates and just average everyday people, alternative journalists. Uh, so there's there's quite a bit of damage that Elon Musk could do if he took control of the company. Now, so you, you mentioned something there, you know, uh, tendering the offer. I mean, that's uh, I've heard that phrase here recently as well. Uh, so this uh, th- this plan B that would potentially be the tender offer that just goes directly to the the rest of the shareholders. And so he he then forces the hand if they decide that they want to uh, to to sell off. How does he make that offer and in, in what fashion does that get sent out? Oh, well, it's an official document that he'll register with the SEC, but it'll it'll be He'll, he'll, he'll put it out as a news release, okay. you know, okay. and uh, but he officially provides that to the board of directors of Twitter. And then he also that gets filed with the SEC and probably the uh, the exchanges. And then they then that's a that's a, a legal document they have to respond to. They just can't ignore. They can ignore him now because he did not make a tender offer for the company. He just he just offered to buy all non-registered shares and the board did not come back in a very positive way so well, so it's, that yes it's official document <clears throat> it, it's crazy like it, it like in the the first offer that they could legitimately turn it down i mean it was quite a premium over what was there already they hired i think chase uh to kind of combat the offer and say that it wasn't good enough but then when you looked at uh chase's recommendations on twitter they they, they said that uh you know uh, they, i don't know they basically if they got 30 bucks a share it would be a good deal for the uh, for the shareholders so i don't know i i'm definitely expecting either a lawsuit or uh something else to be coming for musk here in the near future you know a, a lot of people are are iffy on elon musk but uh as far as long as as far as i'm concerned as long as he is interested in upholding free speech uh as an immigrant to america and disrupting what's been taking place over there at twitter for the last couple of years i'm perfectly happy to oblige whatever he's uh, uh willing to entertain so okay so and then finally the last stack i want to ask you about is uh, is tesla itself because since Elon Musk has made these offers uh, on Twitter, he has gained new scrutiny from regulatory bodies within the United States government. I think both the, the, the SEC, the DOJ, and maybe a couple of other places are now looking into Tesla. And just today, there appears to be a uh, coordinated smear campaign in the mainstream media going after the uh, Tesla self-driving technology, which we know has had a number of faults and a, a couple of people have, have lost their lives as a result of it. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, so just so you know, uh, Tesla reported right before we came on together, and they beat earnings. Oh, okay, okay. sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Tesla, Tesla's Tesla's not a car company. So Tesla's a software company with battery technology that throws a go kart on top of it. Okay, so um, they're they're a national treasure. Okay, now is Musk a carnival barker? You know, you know, he's 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 kind of autistic. Probably he probably has Asperger's, you know. So, you know, those things are are kind of go in the mix. But you can say anything you want about the guy, but he's brilliant. okay? and he he understands zeitgeist. And look, he 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 has kept America in the game for electric vehicles, even though I don't like Tesla's product. I prefer to get like the Ford Lightning when it becomes available in 40 years from now <laughs> when I get off the waiting list. Uh, but uh, but, you know, but he's he he has battery technology that people can't catch up to. 
Okay. And he's building these factories here in the United States. Okay. Number one, number two is Spacelink. I mean, uh, Starlink. Okay. Starlink and SpaceX are the creation of DARPA and the CIA and the NSA and Musk, whether they say that or not. Starlink is the reason why the Russians can't take our satellites out of the sky anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Starlink's the reason why the Chinese won't be able to take our satellites out of the sky anymore. And Starlink is going to be the reason why no country is going to be able to be, be able to sub, subdue their masses if we just get our country on the right side of that, because all you need is a satellite link. Okay. And, you know, and so, and, and it's mesh technology. You know what I mean by mesh? It's so many of them. You can blow up 50 of them. Okay. And it means nothing. So, and then SpaceX is pumping up spy satellites and doing whatever. So they can't push much too hard. Okay. So, they, I think the Biden administration, they want to show their pals they can do this or do that. And that's why Musk is kind of so bold, because he's doing things on the deep for the deep state. You know, and on one hand, on the other hand, he's like, well, I want this part of the deep state undeep stated. And so I, I think nothing will happen to it. Uh, I think he's going to look ultimately Tesla's overvalued. So it's a different problem. But from Musk's standpoint is that. He has things pretty much where he wants it unless he does a major faux pas. So, and look, I think things have changed. So I don't know if, if people in the deep state necessarily want what's been happening. You know, deep state is not monolithic, just like China's not monolithic. China's going through essentially a civil war right now. We just haven't seen it. Those lockdowns are not for COVID, my friend, okay? They are for, they are for far different reasons. And a lot of them are in the South where Xi's not strong. Same with the United States. You know, not everybody has the same idea. I don't know if every, everybody that runs the United States want to be run by Klaus Schwab, right? Right. So I'm sure there's some pushback here and there. But that's my view on him. I could be wrong. But so far, I've been pretty right on on uh, on Elon Musk. And, and I, I look, I like what he's I like what he's doing with Starlink. Uh, I can't wait for that thing to go public. I'll, I will throw in with with both feet. And if SpaceX goes public, I'll throw in both feet. Tesla, uh you know, uh, if he separated the car company from the battery company, I'd buy the battery company. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, well, uh, the next subject I wanted to talk to you about is uh, this. I mean, we have a number of crises happening right now. Obviously, with the situation between Ukraine and Russia, exports are, um, you know, there's embargoes. Things have been shut down. Uh, we have a lack of, uh, of fertilizer being shipped out of Russia now. We have a lack of fuel being shipped out of Russia. And now... Uh, as a result of what's happening in Ukraine, it looks like a whole bunch of fields are not going to be able to be planted because we have this, you know, continuous battle that's being waged, which is going to result in food shortages there. But that's also going to result in food shortages in other parts of the world because we're going to have to export food over there to Ukraine so their people can survive. And then we have this really unique situation here in America where compounding the lack of uh, fertilizer coming out of Russia, one of the largest or maybe the largest producer of fertilizer here in America just got word from Union Pacific that they are arbitrarily restricting the amount of fertilizer shipments that can go on the trains. It's a very, very strange situation, and it's certain to cause shortages because farmers are just not going to have what they need to plant their crops here in America. What the hell do you think is going on? Okay, so I agree with you generally on everything that you said. Um, The problem is in 2023. 
So 2022, uh, most farmers that needed fertilizer have fertilizer. Okay. So it's going to be the, it's going to be the fall applications for 2023 that potentially are going to be problematic. Number one, number two, what the shortfall in Russia and Ukraine won't be in Russia; it'll be in Ukraine. Uh, I think 30 they'll be 30 percent down next year. However, Russia is now controls the areas where 30 percent of Ukraine's wheat used to come from, and I'm pretty sure the Russians are going to probably. Uh, be able to get some of that planted for their Russian speaking brethren. So there'll probably be a reduction, maybe a 10, 15% in the Ukraine, but India is stepping up. So the people that are most affected by the wheat shortages this year are in North Africa. And so India has a surplus this year. So Australia also has a surplus this year. So I think they're going to get everybody through 2022. It's 2023 that we have to worry about because Canada might have a problem with wheat next year, even if, you know, Ukraine and Russia come back onto, you know, full production again. And so that's a bigger deal for, for the world in terms of, of surpluses are gone. So I call it a 2023 problem. Fertilizer is a European Asian problem because the United States has a surplus of those, of those minerals. So Canada, the United States produces a lot of fertilizer. Okay. In fact, if if the whole world was isolated by hemisphere, the the Western hemisphere is fine. Eastern hemisphere is screwed. Okay. So as long as Canada doesn't decide to stop exporting to the United States, which won't happen, then we're in good shape. We're just going to be paying a lot more for this. And, you know, so I know some people in the space, they can get all the fertilizer they need. It's just at a ridiculous prices. So, What's likely to happen, Zach, is that corn corn's going to probably be planted less, and soybeans are going to be planted more. So there's going to be a shift in, in in the crop rotation because corn's a heavy feeder. So at some point, it's going to affect meat, and it's going to affect corn and the downstream products from that. But next year, uh, barring anything un, un, unchanging, is that Europe and Asia are going to have massive food crises. United States will probably have a crisis because there's going to be demand for us to export food and we're going to kind of be in all in it together thing, you know, until politics, you know, kind of stop that because that's what's happening with natural gas now, too. You know, we're going to all pay more for natural gas because we're building uh, LNG facilities to to sell, sell to the Europeans at twice the price it costs here. So, you know, what's going to happen. It's going to be a natural uh, raising of prices across the world because natural gas now is a fungible commodity versus a local commodity. So we're going to our, our inflation is going to elevate because of that. But people don't worry about food shortages this year. Worry about them next year. You guys have a year to get your act together in terms of making sure you have good food storage, get gardens. You know, if you can't do that, you're going to have to pay higher prices. Make sure you're buying grocery stores. Okay, you're buying the the intermediate guys like Hormel. And right now, fertilizer stocks are already to the move already happened. 300, 400 percent increases. They need to come down first before you can buy them. But natural gas uh, stocks are still cheap relatively. And because people don't believe this is going to maintain and they're going to be a great they're going to be a great sell uh, for you guys in the next couple of years. Okay. Now, on top of that, I've also heard that uh, they are expecting a shortage of rice in the next year because apparently as a result of increased fertilizer prices, uh, the, you know, it's going to be 10% down across Asia. 
that's a problem. And you know, Sri Lanka is already, if, if you've not heard, they, they defaulted on their debt. Hmm. They pulled back on fertilizer and their, their, their rice crop almost failed. People don't realize how heavily that to feed these uh, crops to get the, the yields out to feed the population. So, yeah, so you're going to start seeing spot shortages. I personally already bought myself a year's worth of rice because um, they're going to stop exporting it. Even though the United States produces a lot of their own rice, you know, people prefer the rice from Thailand. Okay. And the, the Thais will, they'll cut exports. They've done it before. And, and you know how you'll know it? The Asians in the United States will clear out Costco before you can blink. So, then <laughs> they've like done they it did with the masks and the hand sanitizer. <laughs> they're calling their they're calling their family back in the Philippines and so on and so forth. They're saying, "Hey, we have no rice." They'll be at the store buying ten bags of it and be gone before you can uh, you can blink. But yeah, grab your guys uh, two fifty pound or twenty five pound sacks that'll last you two years, and put them in containers and. You know, and slowly do it. Just don't run in there and say, Bob and Zach said to buy it, and, you know, and, <laughs> and, and then the FBI is at our house for causing a food riot. So, um, but yeah, get yourself some rice, grow potatoes in a bin. You know, you can grow potatoes in buckets. You know that? Uh, and, and uh, yeah, you get five to six times the yield that you put into it, and you grow them in buckets. You can grow them on your porch, you know. Wow. And worst comes to worst, everybody's on a keto diet next year. Hey, that's what I was. I was. I, I did a whole video about this like yesterday or the day before, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be all that much, uh, you know, all that impacted by it because I eat keto. But here's the thing, you know, um, I, I also saw something ab- about livestock being culled because they're saying that animals have COVID. Uh, so you know, who, who's to say that they're not just going to kill all the free range chickens and beef? So then we have to eat beef and chicken that's being fed by grain, and then you know we're screwed either way. But you know, it, as long as we can get natural meat and we grow our own vegetables then i think we should be fine yeah and you're going to see more and more people actually i know a lot more farmers are now throwing extra uh, animals onto their farms and, and you co-op them like you and i can go together and say you and i want to buy a, a, um, a steer and it's like two years and you, you they'll grow it out for you uh, they'll butcher it and send it to you for a price hmm. you know so i know there's a lot of grass-fed um a lot of grass-fed cattle farmers out there, and even some grain-fed ones. You know, depends your preference. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge. You know, what people need to eat. If you're hungry, you're gonna eat anything. So, right. Um, but right now, p- meat prices are actually down because there are culling the herds for, um, because people don't want to have big herds going into a potential grain shortage. Last thing you want to do is try to sell emaciated cows. So you fatten them up now while there's still grain. And you and you get them off the market. This happened in Texas a couple of years ago. All of a sudden, you, you saw prices plummet on beef, and then what they do, they tripled. So that's what's happening now. You can get really good beef prices right now. Load up. I loaded up the freezer, and um, and then you um, then you're just gonna have to pick and choose when when things um, get a little tougher. You know, chickens are fast. You know, 40, 45 days. You get you get you can re, you can turn around a flock. Pigs six to nine months, but beef's two years. So um, that's kind of that's kind of the cycle on all that stuff. We we might all need to start eating sweetbreads again. So I don't know. Hopefully not. I, I, 
My, my dad did, and it just disgusted me. I said, I'm going to college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I, I'd like to round it out just by quickly talking about uh, cryptos, what you see in crypto, and then uh, uh, any movement in terms of gold, because I have seen a couple of articles recently continuing to suggest that we need to go back on the gold standard. Obviously, inflation's out of control. Yeah, so gold and silver are now starting to knock on heaven's door, we call it. There's a resistance line they've been banging on. You can only bang on that resistance line for so long before you run out of sellers, and then the price will squirt higher like a toothpaste tube being stepped on. <laughs> so we've, we've been buying miners now. Uh, you know, we've been big uranium miners for a long time, but now I, I've been slowly adding to my, um, you know, GDX, GDXJ, Hecla, a Barrick Gold. Um, I have some OTC ones out there. If you join, I'll share them with you guys. And um, and then yeah, so I've been in and out, but I've been building and building and building, and I'm waiting for uh, you know, silver is an easy double once this goes. A gold probably a fifty percent move, you know, will come from this. And there's no unless they can change history. Once you get inflation embedded like this, they can't raise interest rates fast enough, and so gold will start to outperform. Now, on the crypto side, as crypto is becoming a liquidity, it's almost coming like a tech stock. So depending on how the uh, liquidity goes, is how cryptos are going to go. Right now, you know, we have an alt to Bitcoin um, buy, like alt Bitcoins are a better buy than Bitcoin itself at the moment. So there are some opportunities here and there in the alt space. You know, a company like LRC times the pop can see we just did one at a nice move on. But Bitcoin is going to probably wait till probably the fall before people get ready for the next halving cycle to go. But, you know, with Bitcoin, you just never know. You know, they take enough supply out there and they cause some sort of event. You know, crypto, look, the main function of crypto is to get you off the fiat system when the fiat system is going away. Uh, until then, it's really people that are pioneering are, are buying this stuff in anticipation of a move that can happen tomorrow or 10 years from now. So I just I just stack and I just trade in and out of, of the alts. And I think that's the way you have to play it. And then, But our system, just so people know, if you're a hodler, you don't have to listen to me. But if you're not, we, our algorithm gives you buy and sell signals. In fact, we, we call it Bitcoin trades almost every day if they're setting up for some quick uh, swing moves. So, you know, you have your stack, you hold and you have your stack, you trade. And the same on the alt sides. And we call those trades out, too. So your whole goal is to get your cost basis as close to zero as you can over time. And and then eventually we're going to be right. Look, it's purely a physics event that's happening here. So we're producing more fiat than we are Bitcoin. And Bitcoin has a utility. And, 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 and some of the alts do, too, have utilities that people are going to want or need. And just like art, you know, if you want to compare it to anything else, it's a piece of art. People buy art all the time. Some people find no utility in it, and some people find absolute utility in it. But it's the it's the um, the restrictive nature of the availability of tokens and coins, and its ability for you to be able to transport your wealth like a quantum wherever you are. It is without you doing any effort whatsoever. You can't do that with any other commodity. You can't do it with fiat. You can't do it with gold. You can't do it with silver. You can't do it with art. You can't do it with real estate. But the digital currency with crypto, especially Bitcoin, is that you can't suppress it and you can't uh, block it. And so, um, you know, you move to Brazil and you, you have to get out of Dodge tomorrow. Well, it's waiting for you in, in, in the new Dodge. You know, you walk, you know, you have to walk out of Russia. You're Russian and you have money in Bitcoin. And all of a sudden they just shut your life down. 
but you can get yourself out of the country. You go to Mauritius and be a programmer again as soon as you set up shop in Mauritius. Oh, look at that. My Bitcoin's still here. So, But in Russia, you may not have been able to get out of the country with any money. And if you had rubles, you're doubly screwed. So that's what's going to happen. More and more countries of currencies are collapsing collapsing um, right now, Zach. And, and, and Bitcoin's going to – America's going to be the last place, even though it's the best place to own it. Because we probably have the lightest regulatory touch over time with this, believe it or not. But other countries' currencies are collapsing, and you look like a hero if you have Bitcoin. if you had Turkish lira and Bitcoin. You're a hero two years ago because lira collapsed, but your Bitcoin maintained, and you're going to see that across the board. All right, awesome. Well, I just want to say thanks again for being here, Bob. I appreciate you sticking it through with uh, with your throat being all scratchy. Uh, but please tell everybody one more time where they can find you. Yeah, come to tradelikeagenius.com or tradegeniusacademy.com. So we will teach you how to trade. We'll, we'll, we'll give you trades. We'll c- communicate with you. We'll get you in a good group of people. And you can trade stocks with us, cryptos with us. And you can trade um, and, and uh, trade futures and options if you, if you like that kind of action. So we do all three of those things. We have experts in all the rooms. And, you know, we're good people. Look, we're not Lambo people, but we'll help you make money over time. We'll teach you how to do it. We'll give you a skill for life. Okay, awesome. Thanks again for being here, Bob, and everybody out there in the audience. You heard what he said. We've got a year. So if your garden hasn't been planted yet, you better get on it because I don't want to hear anybody a year from now telling me that they have no food. We have ample time to be prepared, and obviously uh, I think you ought to take his advice. Thanks again for being here, Bob. Thank you, everybody at home. Good luck and God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.